Hi, I'm Gary Bembridge, and this is Tips for Travellers, the global travel destination podcast. Remember, you can find out more by visiting my website and blog at tipsfortravellers.com, where travellers is spelt with two L's the UK way. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Tips for Travellers. Today, we're actually going to stay in the UK and visit the Isle of Wight, which is a great day out. The Isle of Wight sits about an hour car ferry ride from Southampton on the south coast of England. Now, Southampton is famous for being the cruise ship capital of the UK. But even the Titanic set sail from here on a fateful maiden voyage, and ships like the Cunard's Queen Mary II and the P&O's Aurora are based out of the port. The Isle of Wight seems to be mostly known for being a hub and focus for sailing and sailors, with events like cows and the Round the Island Race being the best known. In Victorian times, it had quite a different status. This is where Queen Victoria spent a lot of time, and in fact she died on the island. Prince Albert had the very beautiful and impressive Osborne House built and developed on the island. The grounds and house having stunning views across the sea to the English coast and Portsmouth in particular. The island today is a curious mix, as it still attracts people with money who have second or holiday homes and attracted by the scenery, the beaches and sailing. Overall though, the island feels more lowbrow and does not seem to have much wealth. It used to attract low-priced holiday seekers with value holiday camps, caravan parks and rentals. And some of the tourist centres have that typical English ability to make things feel like they've been done on the cheap. I don't, never understood why we've never been able to execute value tourist offerings like the Americans can, for example. Now, the island, once you get past the surprisingly built-up north that is closer to the ferry that runs from Southampton and Portsmouth, is very beautiful and open. It's also very hilly. As you roam across it, you're struck by the numbers of people, though, walking and cycling. The island caters well for walkers with many paths and routes, but as a cyclist, you need to really like hills. The island also attracts, especially in summer, many day trippers and a remarkable number of buses full of white-haired pensioners on a day out. They seem to be everywhere. This is probably because there's a day out from even as far as London, which is about 70 miles away. It's very doable and very varied and very pleasant. It had been at least 12 years since I'd last been to the Isle of Wight, and we decided to go for the day when staying nearby just outside Southampton. It was a great and varied day and had a real holiday feel to it. I'm not sure I would be one of those that wanted to spend days or weeks there, but as a short holiday or a few days, it is highly recommended. Unless you like sailing or walking or strenuous cycling, then I guess days and days would no doubt appeal. So my tips for visiting the Isle of Wight are as follows. Getting there. Assuming you don't have a boat, then you need the ferry. You can get there from Portsmouth, which is closest, or Southampton. There are fast catamaran crossings for passengers and then the ferry that takes about 200 cars and trucks and takes about an hour. The company is called Red Funnel and they are very organised. The crossing leaves on the hour from Southampton and on the half hour from the island. It's best to book online and print off the pass. You need to arrive between an hour and a half before. They board and get off very, very much on time. As I mentioned, the, fen the ferry runs more or less every hour and a bit less after midnight and out of season. The ferry has a self-help restaurant and a coffee station, but sitting outside gets you great views of the yacht. And on my blog, I have a, a video of the ferry ride. So if you go visit Tips for Travellers and search Isle of Wight, you'll find that video. So in terms of getting around, 
There's a comprehensive bus service all over the island, but less, best left to locals as you really need a car to get around. The roads are only two lanes, one on each side, and rambling, but it's very easy to find your way around if you pick up the free booklets and map that the ferry company produces. Of course, if you have sat-nav, then it's even easier. The island's not massive, and so you can't really go wrong. There does seem to be a load of speed cameras and signs about speeding, and it seems there's a lot of road deaths, 33 in the last five years, which seems very high. So too much speed on rambling country-style roads, I guess. Um, and there are a lot of people around and about, walking and cycling, etc. So what can you see in a day? Now, if you take the 10 o'clock ferry in the morning and get sent 4.31 back, you can cover almost all the island. And here for me is an ideal trip. Osborne House. This should be your first stop after the ferry, Osborne House. It's about a mile or so from where the ferry docks are very handy. You could probably spend most of the day here if you wanted to. Osborne House was the home that Queen Victoria spent a huge amount of time at and eventually died at. It's situated in a massive and very beautiful grounds. The, the house is impressive and it's very beautiful. It costs about £10 per adult to visit and on arrival you go through a bright and interesting shop to buy tickets and then you can walk or catch a horse buggy to the house. No member of the royal family has used the house after Queen Victoria died. The house was actually used uh, as a convalescent home for the military and then more recently it's been renovated and more and more rooms have been opened. You get to see some fairly private rooms like bedrooms, the nursery and sitting rooms. It's full of furniture and ornaments. It's really fascinating. You can then stroll through the beautifully laid out gardens to the various areas right across the property. There's a restaurant. There are a lot of stairs to be climbed up and down in the house and we saw many a pensioner struggling, so do be warned. I have a video of the Osborne House, both the outside and inside, on the blog. So if you visit my blog at tipsoftravellers.com, search Isle of Wight or Osborne House and you'll find it. Bembridge. Now I'm biased because the town of Bembridge, obviously it has the same surname as me. But if you drive from Osborne House to Bembridge, it takes you to the more built-up part of the island. But at Bembridge there's some charming shops like the bakey, bakery, the deli, and you can also visit the famous Bembridge Windmill, which is the oldest surviving windmill on the island, and hear about some famous sea rescues out of Bembridge from the lighthouse. Now, from Bembridge, you should then drive either around the coast or through the centre of the island, stopping one of the pubs for lunch along the way, towards the Needles at Aram Bay in the southwest of the island. Both routes get you to see the glorious landscape, and if following the coast, you also can stop one of the beaches. But let's talk a little bit about the Needles at Aram Bay. It's a bit of a tourist trap, but it's worth a visit. The best part is taking the chairlift down, to the cliff, down the cliff to the beach. You get great views across the sea to the white cliff needles that jut out into the sea. On the beach you can relax. You used to be able to collect the multicolored sands from the massive cliffs, but this is forbidden due to erosion. If you're really energetic or really scared of heights, you can go down some very long stairs to the beach. Now, I do have a video of the ride on the needles, which are these rather rickety-looking chairs you go on. Again, visit the site and search for the needles or Isle of Wight. So that's the Isle of Wight, a really good day out. So remember, you can find out more at tipsfortravellers.com. That's Tips for Travellers with Travellers spelt the UK way with two L's. So until next time, happy travels.